Welcome to the Next Level Life podcast with Christine Corcoran, where I talk all things mindset, motivation, and entrepreneurship. Each week, I will endeavor to bring you a new episode with a thought, insight, or interview with an inspiring thought leader or successful business owner, all about taking your life and business to the next level. Each episode is designed to open up your mind to a new perspective and inspire you to live your life with purpose and passion. Ready to get started? Let's go. Welcome to the next episode of the Next Level Life podcast. Today's episode is titled Giving It Your Best Shot, and it's with special guest and great friend Arceus Villains from The Grounded Way. Arcea believes that good food, connection, nourishment, creativity, and service are the key to living a good life and to learn how to care for and love yourself. She has such an incredible career background and has become a resourceful mentor for Global Sisters, but also with her experiential career, she's culminated the creation of The Grounded Way. This project is a socially responsible well-being hub, inspiring skill acquisition and inspiration to encourage women to build kitchen confidence and nutritional literacy and embrace a slower way of living to reap more happiness and productivity. Today's episode, we talk so much all about just what it takes to be an entrepreneur. We actually completely didn't dive much into her business, but we talked so much about feeling the fear and doing it anyway, uncovering the importance of market research becoming resourceful through crisis, nurturing and giving, but still making a profit, learning to pivot in your business, getting perspective to get through the hard times, the, that you can never learn less and using discipline as self-care. This conversation was so much fun and I really hope you enjoy it. Let's get straight into it. Welcome to the podcast, Arcia. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a long time coming. It has been, and mm. I'm so pumped because today's episode, I mean episode, today's um, conversation, I'm sure, is going to go down so many different avenues. If our previous conversations are um, anything to go by, I think we'll cover a lot and yeah, go deep on a few things, which will be awesome. So I'd love to, if you could just give us a little bit of a background for listeners who have never met you before and don't know anything about The Grounded Way, can you tell us a little bit about your background and what led you to create The Grounded Way? Yeah, um, well, I'm a nutritionist by trade and I guess the whole serendipitous part of life is that I graduated um, in the global financial crisis, so there actually weren't jobs around. So I, I guess I've always had to be well, not have to. I chose to be resourceful and see how I could make a job for myself. Uh, so definitely went down the nutrition and lifestyle route and then ended up at cooking school, fell in love with natural living and um, how that played with diet and lifestyle, right? So my whole premise at that time was with my own, you know, nutritionists often have their own food stuff to work out. And for me, it was if I can just have a clean common denominator, then I can let go of some of the other stuff around food control and body image. So I went, I'm just going to go and learn about food. So I went to natural cooking school and then that led me down a path of um, a lot of hospitality. So setting up cafes, running cafes, getting involved with food in that commercial aspect uh, and then after a little, well, a big chunk of tragedy, maybe four years ago, uh, I ended up in Bali doing an eat, pray, love thing before my, it would have been like four years ago today. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. Doing an eat, pray, love about to turn 30, grieving a few things. And on my meditation pillow, it was like, Hey, go back to where you're from and teach what you know. So I ended up booking a class to teach nutrition workshops at my old high school, set it up from Bali. My sister was up there with her babes and 
I went up there and started teaching and then that led to uh, more workshops, more retreats, traveling along the East Coast, having a really fun time with all of that, which made me fall in love with how incredible women are. So now uh, that definitely takes up a big chunk of my life around really helping women. I guess my biggest why now that leads the Grounded Way and the work I do with Global Sisters is really being able to set women up to live the life that they want, uh, however that looks. But generally there's a link towards financial independence uh, and the mm. right to choose and the freedom that money gives them as well. So mm. awesome. a mixed bag. Awesome. There's so yeah. much I want to dive in there with that. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, tell me first about who the Grounded Way is for and what you do as part of part of the grounded way yeah so the grounded way has you know there's always these iterations that we have in our business some people seem to get scared that their ideas change and their why changes and but it's all an evolution so the grounded way is the next step and expression of me and it's very much around uh supporting natural living and low-tox living celebrating artisan producers of food ceramics lifestyle like really encouraging a new way of purchasing and consuming in a way that the ripple effect from doing that is bigger. So from spending time with ourselves around creativity and nourishment, um, so being able to play, talk about uh, creativity and nourishment and how we look after ourselves so we can better serve the world is kind of the theme that continues to roll through the grounded way. Mm. Uh, it used to be a whole lot of workshops. Now it's a couple of workshops and more sort of one-on-one -on -one kitchen jam sessions or strategy sessions. Uh, just really being able to uncover what's going on so that you can go on your merry way mm. and do good things in the world. Mm. Awesome. Mm. So when you first started out, what was the what was the the why or the vision of what you wanted to create for the grounded way? The grounded way had a really and really lofty decision well vision of being able to create a working example of a new economy a new way of spending money so you know how um like me 10 years ago wanted to be a minimalist and not spend any money and be so frugal and there's so much value that comes from that but there was a spark inside of me that went, money is a vote, money is a power. If I really want to see change in the world, then we want to know where we can spend more effectively on ourselves and on mm. stuff that we use every day mm. so that we're a working example. That example becomes a movement. And now more than ever, uh, the amount of amazing businesses out there that model this good way of business beyond the dollar, I think is... Mm so inspiring and the 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 rip that um the effect that that has on every level of community mm. uh from Absolutely. top to low i think is just lights me up gets me excited and it's still been able to create that beautiful sanctuary at home and how you live so mm. everything you use has more presence mm. you are more engaged with it you know where everything has come from for the sake of it doesn't exist anywhere in your life anymore mm. you know I, I love that because when you think about money in any form of of its being and thinking about business in general when we work with a lot of women in business and very much passion businesses we there's always a block around money yeah so what does money mean to you money means choice full stop yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely right it gives yeah you so much freedom. I think it does and that and that choice means freedom and that your ability your right to choose and you're right to be able to stand up in what you believe in and the way you want to see the world. Uh, I think it does amazing things from 
yeah, money gives you that freedom to be able to choose. And I know times where I've had absolutely no money in my account and how transparent and obvious that was to everybody on the receiving end of my business. And that's hard because you have a passion business. You want everyone to see it. You need it to be so many things and being able to uh, find that peace within, you know, Mm. the separation between doing your passion work whilst needing it to provide for you and doing that in a way that felt good and Mm. not desperate, murky and hard. Yeah. Um, Being able to alleviate that, I think, just opens up more personal freedom Mm. alongside financial freedom. But also, too, being okay with earning the money and knowing that, you know, when you do actually earn the money, because I think it's it's also this um, thought process around, well, I do this because of the good, out of the good of my own heart, and I do this because I want to give. We and see yet, this all the time, right? <laughs> and then being able to receive money as well as give. When I I kind of look at it like the more profit you can make and the more successful you can be in your business, the more you're able to give back, right. the more you're able to actually put your money into things that actually are worthwhile. Yeah, it puts us on a platform to do more, and it feel and do more in the right way, right? So not mm. busy work. This is like good impact. And I know we've spoken about this before, but women, we're natural nurturers. We like to serve. We like to give. So when we can wrap that confidence that you making money allows you to do that more, um, and I think that's flipping what we're taught about service and Mm. all of these other bits get wrapped up in there. But I think going from there and seeing how much more impact you can have through earning is the best part and it was a key part for me and it was weird because that wasn't you know they weren't my money stories from growing up that wasn't it that was all new and to find that part of yourself and that part of your personal power to be like holy heck what can I do now what do I want to do where is this going to go is so expansive and beautiful and full of possibility um that can actually be a reality. So going through, obviously you mentioned that you graduated during the GFC. So what, how did that shape your beliefs around money or how did that change your awareness around money? It was, I was so, you know, I was born ready (laughs) to want to get into life and being born ready often also happens when you have really high expectations of yourself and you might have timelines that you don't even realize that you had put on things. And through mum being quite sick while I was studying, I took a year longer to finish my degree and that was devastating to me. So for that to have happened and then not be able to find a job, I was like, when's, what, what am I, what am I going to do? Like, I'm ready. I've got my education. Let me at it. And Mm. I could not get a foot in the door. Um, scarcity mentality was it that was living and breathing there were hundreds of applications going out and not one coming back and I'm like but what do I do now I've got you know I've done every every step that I needed to do and now like it feels really barren and gross and horrible Mm. so um so how did you keep going I I think we're all resourceful in that part right like you know you have that flicker of what you're capable of and what you can or where you want to go or what that can look like. And also you need to pay the bills. So it's that part of as hard as it was, it was continuing while I had a degree to be working in a supplement shop, in a health food shop for 20 bucks an hour and being happy with that and earnestly looking for something else. And I think that experience, um, and it comes up a lot when we talk with uh, the sisters at Global Sisters and with my clients in the past and even amongst friendship groups, 
is even though there is this idea that we all need to have a side hustle or we should be somehow scared of having a job, getting food on the table, having those bills paid is a freaking necessity. Mm. And I don't think we, you know, and we see small business owners thinking that it's almost a step backwards to be taking a job. And it's like, mm, no, you got to look after you and your position mm. and your family first. And it's amazing to have a job. Mm. So, Otherwise, it kind of goes back to the, what you were saying before about it comes from a place of scarcity and you're seeing desperate and right. you're putting so much pressure on the business and yourself to make it work that it's actually not coming from this beautiful place of wanting to serve. No, the creativity it's, that can happen, the expression of yourself within your business that can happen mm. when the bills are paid is different mm. so um i'm not i'm not sure where the messaging of the side hustle got mixed up through yeah. <laughs> instagram and social media that somehow it meant that having a job or earning an hourly rate was no longer okay because yeah. i think it's so valuable because <laughs> i mean really when you think about it like i'm reading this book by gary v at the moment and he talks about how he gets that question often about mm. how you know well i'm not a true entrepreneur unless i'm actually following my dreams right. and i need to quit my job to be able to do that and he was saying but if you've got a family and if you've got kids that you need to put food on the table for they should be your priority and if that mm. means you need to work a job to make that happen and then do your side hustle until it gets to the point where you can leave that job then do that like and that's feel where your the priority success should be. of that and feel the growth of having to mm. champion that adversity in your life like when we moved to brisbane two years ago and my business like I'd made a couple of bad decisions and I really needed to come back from that. And I probably thought that I was a little bit over food, but that was my skill set that I had. And I didn't want to, you know, I still worked for somebody else for, I didn't last very long at it, admittedly, <laughs> but um, I did, you know, 20 hours a week working in a kitchen and I was working on my business. It wasn't the business that I wanted now. It was using the skills that I had to be resourceful mm. because I needed to change my financial position. Mm. There wasn't the luxury of, oh yeah, I'm going to continue to plan. It's like, no, I need the dollar, you know. You know, it really yeah. helps you get out of your way with pro, you know progress over perfection. <laughs> but it's also changing what you make it mean because it's right. having different thoughts about what that job means. Because a lot of people who, like we were talking about before, people think that if go taking a step back and getting a job to take the pressure off yourself, looking at that like it's, like it's a failure is not going to make you feel good and it's not actually going to make you move forward in your life. And it, like, I think there's so many parts of that, right? It's conscious obligation. We all have the right to choose. It's all a choice. Mm. And we can choose to hate, kick and stream, scream and drag ourselves over the line and hate, for that job. And, and hate, hate 40 it. hours of our week. Like, right. And that's pointless. It's not, and it doesn't mean it's meant to be easy and rosy either. But if you can find the moments to be grateful, because so many people don't even have that. Mm. And not even having to get that big of perspective, but that job is there putting hundreds of dollars in your account to be able to uh, serve you. Mm, keep a roof over your head, keep right. food in your yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. think keeping that healthy perspective on it, mm. um, especially when you can see how a change of circumstance can really change lives yeah. quickly. Is, like, uh, I had this perspective around it because obviously I worked uh, in a corporate job building my business alongside that. So working 40 hours a week and then still building my business mm. alongside before I felt, felt it was to the point where I could leave. And it's interesting because I, it was a constant battle with my thoughts and the whole inner critic going on for me that was, 
making it mean something different. So it was, oh my God, I hate my job and oh my God, this is so painful and oh, why do I have to do this and all this victim mentality. Whereas it was shifting it to, hang on a minute, the reason why it's not working is because I haven't taken these steps or the reasons why I'm not to the point where I can leave yet is there's possibly something I need to learn first before oh, I leave. I love that. Like it's really reframing it so I could feel better about it and still be resourceful in that place. Mm-hmm. Without having to quit my job because it's oh, all too hard. But if like, you think about it, and I think this is, um, we've both mentioned it and both done it. When you have your own business, you no longer get paid to develop skills. Mm. <laughs> you don't. You pay for a course, for a mastermind, for a mentor, for all your Googling, different mm. skill sets. Like, yeah, and of course, there's a spectrum. But that money comes out of your business and your. You know, and flipping that, I never thought I'd work for someone and I work for an amazing organization now. And the amount that I've learned and seen within myself for that, I never would have uncovered within myself continuing to do my business. So the, you know, humans are so bloody complex and massive and we don't. So if that is inspiration enough that you will never get paid to undertake Mm. any training and take the skills that you need to find and see where you can find them within your own job Mm. to really hone that. Whether that's tone, whether that's messaging, whether all of it, like you can totally, yeah. So it's almost like if you're still like for people out there, if you're still in your job and you're hating it, but you want to build your side hustle, like look at it like what else can I learn here? Mm. What can I um, (laughs) almost take advantage of in this position of putting my money to actually upskill myself so when I do leave I'm, I'm actually more of an expert in my field right. or like learn skills that you know you're going to need to support yourself otherwise that you don't necessarily have to pay for yourself and yeah <laughs> and do you know what one of those biggest ones is is that working for yourself is not all rainbows and sunshine so you're really going to need to when you're going through the grit stuff in your business, mm. be able to show up with a beautiful disposition to be able to, because you mm. also don't have colleagues there so that's to be able to lesson. shine. So yeah. that's also the lesson, right? Because <laughs> those times they still exist where mm. you think the grass is greener. So there is, you can never learn less. And I think that, um, yeah, I think some of you might be inspired to want to get a job now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So in that situation where, you know, obviously grit is so so important mm. when you when you run your own business. So tell us a little bit about how you get over those challenges. So when you find that you get those, into those places where it's really difficult and you're finding that it's really hard, what's your process or your strategy around dealing with that? It depends how personal it's gotten. Right. So sometimes if it's business, you can put some really nice strategies in place and make sure that you're setting yourself up for success and listening to really influential, like marinating your ears in all the great podcasts and just looking after yourself and going deep self-care. But sometimes when you're re- when it gets a little bit personal, you need to get perspective. And for me, that's been like turning up in a homeless shelter or a soup kitchen to be like, huh, you're good. <laughs> where are you gonna where are you gonna find that wiggle room to mm. get out of your own way and find that ease to keep going um i would say me compared to 10 years ago that pers- like that perspective is a big one and i guess this leads into another conversation around self-care as a business owner and one of that is discipline and discipline is the my favorite form of self-care at the moment mm. um, bubble baths are amazing and I still have a lot of baths and I still nourish myself beautifully but that discipline from I'm showing up anyway I can do this 
because often we when we don't show when things are hard we don't want to show up we want to retreat because it sucks that also often happens when people can have a little bit of a tendency to want to be a perfectionist or not want to be seen to be vulnerable so i think now you know you built up that muscle of mm, showing up anyway and you know if you didn't get the makeup on or you didn't nail the meeting in the way that you thought that that's all fine and it's to be expected and that we are human and actually the more we get to practice that mm. i think then has that flow on effect to not make that cyclical kind of grind and grit um as hard to bear so what's been one of the biggest lessons that you've had for yourself along your business journey showing up and follow like it's so boring consistency follow through like <laughs> it's the non-sexy version right showing up regardless trying to hold on to a beginner's mindset at every stage of your business mm. not needing to know it all you know not needing to know it all being willing to pivot um and showing up and being consistent with all of that mm. um and and that's hard right because there's two sides to that you need to follow through with things long enough to see if they actually work and that it wasn't one of the hundred variables that can affect that outcome and when you need to quit that idea and move in a different direction um I so think has there been an example where you've had to quit an idea and move in a different direction? Yeah, absolutely. I really thought that I wanted to have a shop space with all of these bits and it would be amazing. And, you know, I'm, I bought all the stock, I played that, and now I'm doing markets to sell it. It wasn't actually, you know, I, I've just had, I couldn't continue to push to make that something that it wasn't going to be. Um, How did you know it wasn't going to be? What was the... I think when you when you know the difference, when you know yourself well enough to know when you're quitting and when you're making a decision to walk away, then you just know. Yeah. You just go, oh, yeah, no. Often there's a little bit of who was I doing it for? Why did I need to do it? And mm. what have I learned from it? And in that experience, it was uh, it was quite easy. And if I look at that in the context of my year, you know how sometimes you have, like, you might have the guitar that's been sitting in the corner of your room and you think you're always going to be a guitar player? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah, we <laughs> maybe we need to sell the, you know, maybe I'm not going, you know, in this lifetime, or maybe I used to play a guitar, but it's been sitting there for five years and I had two lessons and I never like, pick it up. You're but never it looks going good to play here. <laughs> and, you know, maybe you just need to go, you know, go down that path a little bit to be like, mm, yeah, nah. Thought it was something, but I really want to have enough follow through to know I can take it off my list and then have that declutter effect of, cool, well, mm. where to now? So it's like you gave it a good crack. I think giving it a, and it's, it's once again so simple and just thinks of, you know, you think of your parents telling you this at school, but you give it your best shot and you're honest about how that looks and how mm. that feels. Um, and yeah, quitting like that is different. Yeah, absolutely. To walking away because it got a bit hard. Or early on. Like or early gave, on. Yeah, you gave it one go and then, went, oh, no, it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that comes down to support as well right so if that happens if you find yourself wanting to quit too early then looking at the support that you have around you and looking at your plan 
if you found that you've changed your offer 17 times in six months, I would say you don't have a plan in place Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> where there's that little bit too much room yeah. to move um, and not having that really close circle to be able to bounce those ideas off to say, hey, I need your honest opinion here. What do you think? Mm. Um, and being open to that. Like, I think that's one of the biggest things that uh, I, I have even learned even from you, like really looking at the opportunity to do market research and how you... I do talk about that yes, a lot. Yes, you do. <laughs> so what's your take on the importance of market research and when should someone do that in their business? I think the earlier you can do it, the better. And I don't think that it ever goes away. And the reason I think I love it so much is our businesses are always an expression of us. And the hard part of being seen is when it gets stuck within your kind of immediate, not energy field, but it's still so close to you, right? It's an expression of you. Until you can punch it out a little bit further to be this entity that you're working on and you're showing up for and you go pro for, we can get stuck and take a lot of things personally. Uh, I think that market research and market testing allows to build the bridges towards you being able to get that business to be and you know to be an expression of you but not be you mm. so does that make sense for the difference mm. there you know when you you know you've got that business so, idea and you're like oh no this is all a reflection on me and i'm not and i can and i didn't and i have uh it's like ah oh, but i've got my why i've got my business i know what i'm working on cool i can now use market research and market testing i can use my customer demographics and my ideal customer to be able to really discern whether this is the right thing for my business and whether it fits into my vision and my mission mm. and that's you know that's when you're out of the toddler stage of business i would say mm. uh, and i think yeah i don't know i'm a big fan of market yeah. research <laughs> it's also, i think also i kind of take the perspective of it's almost taking the emotion out of it so it's taking it i love that how you like it's an expression of yourself and you're pushing mm. it outside of yourself and looking at it as its own entity and what does it need because it's not necessarily about what you need it's about what does, what it, does it need from it you need. yeah for it to succeed yeah. um it's like my coach from the states like she talks about it's all just a numbers game like there is always uh. information that you can gauge from every aspect of every result you've you've achieved in your business mm -hmm. and there's it's always a numbers game so it's either it's a marketing problem or it's a sales problem or it's a uh an innovation problem or an, a, a product of um, a timing problem, problem. like, like you know, it can <laughs> be and it can be so many things and I think being able to the more that you have some numbers that you can lean on mm. the, the easier it is to make those decisions and it also means that serendipitous numbers that feel really good mm. can't be used Meaning to direct nothing. the yes. <laughs> That the trajectory of your business being a creative mm. and being in that in that space of having a passion business numbers can be scary yeah and i think it's one of the things like um my personality and my energy is not necessarily numbers driven i'm not a big numbers person mm -hmm. but i know there's so much power in the numbers and it's taking the emotion out of it and going actually really what did work mm. and what didn't work and the numbers are the only way that you can figure that out right and that's and there are so many different metrics and measures and things that you can use for that. But the power of it, it's, we were, just talking, we were just talking about money in terms of personal power. Like that's how we opened up this mm. podcast. And if we're talking about that now, well, what's going to be the power for your business? How are you gently, even though if you never want an investor or never want to sell your business, if you did, you want those numbers to be yeah. powerful 
Or if you want to leave your job, <laughs> if you, you need well, the th- money, do you know what? There's no the question there where you don't to need to, you know, where you don't need to use the numbers, right? So if you were wanting to, the other thing is when you have a look at a lot of people that um, may have left their job to really give it a good go for their new business, and you know they, you know they may have underestimated that it takes time to develop relationships and you know what you think you're going to accomplish in 12 weeks with all your attention is still a 12-month plan um and i haven't seen anyone that's done it in a short you know gone quit with an idea and yeah. be able to be financially comfortable in 12 weeks yeah no. um <laughs> no haven't seen that uh the other part is is that you need to have numbers and time frames in place so that you can call yourself on your own bullshit mm. if you have left a job and you're 12 months on and you haven't gotten a win then you need to know why. If you're working 70 hours on your business and you haven't made progress, there's, there's, a, there's, there. a, re- <laughs> there's a problem there, right? You've got like a, a really weird, stressful version of hobby slash business slash, mm. you know, it just becomes a big murky pool. Mm. So it's, I think once again, that's where those less sexy parts of self-care mm. need to show up because passion is never, too, it's like, never enough. Almost like looking to of where do you need where do you need extra support to figure that out? Like if you if you are struggling and you're getting to a point where you're 12 months in and things aren't yeah. working or things aren't exactly where you wanted them to be, then maybe you need an outside perspective to break it down and go, where are you spending your time? Right. Is that actually productive? Is that getting you the results that you want? If not, well, what's another comes way? Down, and it comes down to those similar things when we were talking about quitting. Like who are you actually doing this for? Mm. Who are you not asking help for? Mm. And they're often the same person. Yes. (laughs) It's like you're doing the, you know, you're just going to create this amazingness underneath the soil and pop up as a rose. that's just financially (laughs) successful. And it's like, Oh my honey, if I, if it worked like that, (laughs) it'd be good. But I think really honing in on who you're actually doing it for. And if it's anyone other than yourself or your why, then have a look there and what's getting in your way of asking for help. Mm. If it's you, you can totally fix that. And I know we love talking about that, but there's often that vulnerability in terms of having that beginner, the courage to have a beginner's mindset and that courage to ask for help is often linked to the, to the shadow version of who you have made this big change for in Mm. the first place. So what would you say has been one of your biggest failures and your lesson from that? As the weaving theme was not backing myself enough to realize that I could actually do it. Mm. So all, all of that last bit that we were talking about comes down to, I had a whole business with somebody else because I didn't think I could do it by myself. And that was evident in how the business ended up. (laughs) And also, uh, the, the, you know, the, obvious growth and unpacking that you need to do around that to actually want to do it on your own, know that you can do it on your own and Mm. that in effect you already were Mm. is like, ah, okay. So Mm. that was a really messy package universe, but cool. Got it. I can do it. (laughs) I can do that. You need to go through that to realize I couldn't have got there any other way. Right. And I, I couldn't have got there a different way. Mm. <laughs> oh, it is interesting. <laughs> so what what qualities do you believe is important in building relationships in business? I know we've talked about this before about how um often, you know, you can focus on doing your thing and focusing on 
consistently showing up for your own business, but building relationships in business is a massive aspect of what you need to work on as well. So what do you think is important when building a business relationship? I w- oh, listening. <laughs> and where would you be listening? It's at events where you're actually talking to other humans in person. So you need to get out from behind the screen, from out of your notebook and actually go and meet with people that are at, you know, I I find it valuable to talk to people where you're a little bit further ahead from them with people that meet you exactly where you are and meeting with people that you're aspiring to as well and continuing to be able to talk about your business and your struggles on those three. Make sure that you still feel like you're being of service to someone, that you're being seen for who you are presently and you still have a nice idea as to where you're gently going in the future. Um, and taking that mentality to which coffee dates you have and which networking events you go to and which meetups, you know, what you're mm. going to is a really beautiful way to just, you know, think of that spectrum of all the parts of us that need to be served when we have a business. Um, yeah, so definitely you need to be meeting people. It's not going to happen through Facebook groups. Mm. Get out there, talk about your business um, and l- listen mm. and be of service. So what you have to offer to your peer who's at the same stage as you are or one where you're a little bit further ahead or behind go or behind <laughs> like offer offer every and i guess the listening part is for the other two listen to you know for the ones that you may be a little bit further ahead or where you meet them listen and offer value value mm. and sometimes that value is not a solution sometimes it's just listening and you'll get to know that and the other one is when you have the time of someone that you are aspiring to be or they you know or you're reaching out to be able to have uh, some kind of mentorship relationship or ask them a question listen Mm. and all every step of the way that's mutual respect along the way but really listen and show up and have that element of gratitude that comes through any one of those interactions I think will always serve you well Mm. so have you had an example of working with a mentor yourself or working with a role model even if you're working towards something is it something that you have kept in play for your business i like i haven't kept it in play consistently it is something that i know i would say over the last six months i've you know you've got your spidey senses out going i'm ready for i'm ready for a mentor um i don't know who you know i don't know what i would want that to look like now um but even using on the, those smaller scales, like I was a big participant in mentor walks, mm. which I don't oh, know if you've yeah, heard of them. them yeah. yeah, yeah. That was amazing. That was 20 bucks and I could go and chat about a particular problem. And, you know, there were cases there where that definitely led to coffee and being able to, you know, but you're working on that relationship. I didn't mm. go into some of these women with an email that I've constructed at 11 p.m. at night and asked for something from them straight away. Mm, (laughs) I may have, you know, and that's the other part. Like, would you do, and I guess that's a good thing to ask when you are looking for a mentor, like, would you do that in person? Mm. Like, you're not going to drop in with an immediate ask. Like, I knew which mentors were going to be at which mentor walks, and then I'd try and get there early so that I could scope them out and maybe go for a walk with them and show up for them and be really... um, respectful and grateful and as you are you can't be another way when you've got someone wanting to workshop your problems with you Mm. uh, from other people that don't know anything about your business I think that's valuable Mm. Um, and then you treat that like any other relationship you show up you don't not contact them for six months and then come back for an ask all of I guess all aspects of everything that we've spoken about it's relationship management 
and which we could do a whole other one around all the dating analogies that we have for business but it's the same (laughs) it's the same thing same way like you don't go in and just ask for the sales straight up no in every aspect you you build the relationship first with your customers with a mentor with whoever you're working with like it's got to have the relationship first before you go and sell your stuff right and you need to give you know you need to do your research as well. Like, mm. what have they been doing? What are they up to? Engaging with their content mm. and being able to refer to, gosh, I read that piece that you did on that and that really, you know, you you want to show that you're already using the resources that they, mm. you know. Which I guess goes back to, I can't remember who said this, but be interested, not interesting. Yeah. Like, we're constantly about trying to have your big profile and who, how interesting you are. But if you're just interested in other people and curious about other people's experience and journey and um, what's going on for them in their world, it just changes the relationship. Absolutely. And it brings a whole other um, dynamic. dynamic to mm. it. And that dynamic is generally that someone is going to want to help you. Mm. Absolutely. That is set up more rather than, go, you know, coming in with... I'm I'm so perfect, but I have this one little issue that you'll be able to fix, and then I'll be even more amazing. Yeah. It's like, nah, get humble, stay chatting, <laughs> right? And that yeah. people want to help. Oh, like they, they do want to help, but they you've also do. got to be willing and open to receive. Well, and this comes back to that idea when we were talking about um, that courage to ask for help and that courage to have that beginner's mindset. Mm. What I see, and I'd, I'd love to try and think of an example of when I've done it because I know I would have. But it's like you can only have one minute of courage. So you kind of like do a smash and grab version and then you run away. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, cool, cool, I did that. Oh, no, I can't. No. Uh. So I would do that with um, – I'm trying – like there was a networking event years ago and I finally got to speak to someone that I was an amazing blogger. Got, we had a really great conversation and, and I didn't follow up on it. Mm. You have someone that's willing to help, but as soon as I left it was – oh no that was just because she was there and she was talking to me so because she had to and if I sent an email now then what would that be like that's not real and I shot mm. myself in the foot when someone was there going can't wait to get your email like she wasn't lying she was being a, <laughs> she human, was being. Being a human being that we, you know like so yeah we you need to re- respect all of mm. um, those relationships and that's respecting yourself mm, absolutely right? yeah. yeah and knowing yeah. your worth that you are worth conversing with you are right. worth sharing your story. Yeah. You, you know, you have lessons that you also can impart for other people. Oh, and no the more that you, you see that, and I think being able to take, you know, when you're someone that has done a lot of things for themselves and worked it out and all of that, being able to, yeah, pair it back. And as mm. you said, be, you know, be genuinely interested in all of the stories. Uh, so many of the women that I work with in Global Sisters have taught me so much about I feel like I have all of these words like resilience and empowerment and adversity that have got like triple meanings now yeah absolutely you know and that's from being interested it's by sitting side by side with someone that has had a completely different experience whatever that is like top levels of society or otherwise and being able to go hey I'm a human I want to sit with you and I want to have this conversation Mm. and we can do that human Mm. to human exactly no matter what your experience no matter what so what do you think it takes to be successful in business? Consistency, showing up, grit. <laughs> All of the above. All of the above. Um, like how would you describe um, what it takes to be an entrepreneur? Yeah. It's, 
And it's the funny thing because it's the mix between the creative and the analytical and it's constantly watching them dance together. Um, I'm not a fan of a business plan in maybe the first 18 months to two years, probably because I'm a really big fan of market research and market testing. You really need to not feel locked in Mm. into working out which direction you want to go in. So I really love that idea of having a general, you know, like having buckets of information that you need to know and spiraling over them all. So that might be from um, marketing to mapping your customer journey to your social media to pricing your offerings. But it's something that you're constantly, you know, it's kind of like you've got all the, yeah, you're touching on all of it and just keeping, finding out what feels good in your body at the same time. Like you might, decide oh yeah that looks really good for the numbers and then you do it and it doesn't feel good so I think having that openness for the first little bit but then when you're moving into years two three and beyond being able to add in short and gentle plans really help us to set ourselves up for success and um, to be able to scale successfully have a business that's going to feel good as it scales um yeah so I would say that's uh, a part of it so not too much planning but if you're not going to plan, then you need to be able to lean on that discipline of mm. self. That discipline leads to consistency uh, of surrounding yourself with amazing people, of continuing to learn mm. the whole time. Um, Is that your philosophy with nutrition as well? And, yeah, and there's going a lot of clean, clean living. <laughs> it it is right. Like I think it's. Yeah, with all of it, like and it, yeah, I think See it what is. feels good. You need to see what feels good and continue to do it. Or, you know, some people hate morning routines, but being able to set themselves up for the next day, the night before, works brilliantly. For some of them, it happens at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Like, Mm. we aren't robots. There are universal principles that help us to function better as humans, um, which, you know, like, is totally valid. But for that other stuff, we we are an expression of how we're going to do life. And... um, yeah, definitely trying trying lots of bits, seeing what feels good, seeing what doesn't feel good but feels like enough of a stretch that you want to explore it more mm. and what's a hard no. So what do you what would you say the difference between having that self awareness but then also feeling the fear and doing it uh, anyway? And that's the art of the, you know, that's the cycle part because and I'm sure you know you may have seen this with clients or people that you have conversations with and I yeah definitely see it as well is that you can be having the same conversation and someone else is taking it from I'm not going to show up versus I'm going to show you know like so what can be an excuse versus an opportunity yeah yeah is you'll have you know and I always think of that you can give a recipe to two people and they'll do two different things with it Mm. and when you do that with um feeling the fear and doing it anyway so where does the stretch feel good and I'm going to comes back down to market research and market testing try it do it Mm. if it doesn't feel good then you you know you can Mm. pull back or you're going to practice it and get better at it and that comes down to something and i know it's something once again that you and i talk a lot about but it might not feel good but if you know that it's necessary for your business because of market research because of market testing then you can practice it Mm. i lost my voice in public speaking classes at uni because i would psych myself out of it because i hated talking wow (laughs) And now I talk a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so that's something that you practice. You can practice anything. You don't need to be perfect at it right away. It doesn't even need to feel good right away. But mm. humans are amazing. The skills, you know, you can learn f- French in, what, 60 mm. days? 
But I like I, I even look I at can't. it like personally. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I hear it's possible. <laughs> I like the kind of look, it's something that constantly comes up with people about leaping, but also mm. having that edge of perfectionism as well. Like I kind of almost have the attitude like if you want to be in business and you want to be successful in being an entrepreneur, you need to drop the whole perfectionism. Like whatever it is for you, you need to let it go. Right. And perfectionism is not high quality. That's two different things. Mm. And I think discerning that from the get go is important. Like I I still have a very high quality of work that I like to do and Mm. ethic that I like to work to, but has it got perfectionist attached to it? Nah. It's not the same thing. So the faster you can let go of that mm. uh, is amazing. And I love leaps, but you need to... It sounds so dumb. It's not leap with caution. It's You need to leap to set yourself up for success. If you're mm. doing it to accidentally prove yourself wrong, that it wasn't going to work out anyway, and therefore you can't go ahead and do this in your business, then that's not a good use of the leap. <laughs> <laughs> when you're doing it to sort of go, huh, see? Yeah. Does that make sense? Like when you're doing it, oh, no, but I tried that. I really put myself out there and I got nothing. But you arrived late. You weren't feeling good. You didn't You set yourself up for the event. You didn't have some beautiful, you know, open-ended questions that you'd be you able to have prepped. a conversation yeah. with. You didn't prep yourself. You didn't set yourself up for success. But then you go, oh, no, but I did that and it didn't work for me. Mm. That's not a good example of leaping. That's, that's where going to keep back you to that really self-awareness stuck. And that, recognizing yeah. and being absolutely honest with yourself and going, did I really go all in and did I give my best? And having someone that you can talk to about that and be like, oh, I totally choked that. Yeah, didn't mm. set myself up for that. Mm. And... Yeah, I need to go back and have a look at that because I didn't act in a way that was going to get me a good outcome and mm. I want to know why. <laughs> Sometimes you don't want to know why. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sometimes it just needs to pass. We don't need to know the answers for everything. But being able to go, yeah, no, totally drop the ball on that. Um, and there comes mm. a time too where you're either ready for the lesson or you're not. Don't like, we know that? <laughs> Isn't that the truth? And sometimes <laughs> it's like, well you need to take a step back and go, you know what? Like I'm not ready to take that next step for myself or my business. And that's totally okay. But I'm always like, you need to put a time frame on that because without taking the action and putting yourself in a place of taking risks, then you're not going to be able to move forward. Absolutely. And that comes down to like, if you're willing to step out of your comfort zone, generally you want to be able to stay there enough Mm. so that it feels comfortable. So you take the next step out of your comfort zone. If you leave it too long, it's like a, Slinking, it just comes back in and it gets harder. Yes, harder absolutely. to build up that moment. That's why they call the it momentum, right? The fear bigger. gets bigger, the reasons not to get bigger. How quickly does two weeks become a month, become three months, become a year yeah. to go like I had that idea once five years ago, but I never quite got around to it? Mm. I was listening to a podcast yesterday um, with a coach from the States. Um, what was it? It was the Life Coach School. And she was talking about how recognizing obstacle thoughts. Mm. I love the way that she put it into play because it was like noticing that they're thoughts that are, could be obstacles if you allow them to be, or they could be your business plan. (laughs) She was like, if you write write down all of your obstacle thoughts, they could literally be the action steps or Mm. things you needed to learn to move forward. And I was like, that is the best way to think about it. And I love that because so often obstacles, we still want to go around them. Hmm. Or we look at them like or we look at them like the, they're insurmountable, oh, or that we need to turn a different way now. Yeah. And it's like, oh no, maybe if you just looked at obstacles, what, where would you end up? 
Yeah, like, exactly. And I reckon you could end up in some pretty awesome places mm. if you just looked at overcoming that and seeing what the next step was. That's it. And we and I like I did that when I went to cooking school. Um, it was like a fifteen thousand dollar course, and we needed to be. Um, I had two weeks until it was signed up, but I was living in Paddington. Da 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 da. Didn't have a house. Didn't know anyone in Perth. And I went, all right, I'll just see if in one week I can make this happen. And eight days later, I was like, oh, I'm moving to Perth. And two weeks later, I was in Perth. So it's funny what you can see as perceived obstacles that are no no more than a passing thought. When you mm. actually tackle them step by step, you can move quite quickly through stuff that you you Love know that. you thought was really set in stone. Yeah. I'm like, if you spent 10 minutes on that obstacle, it probably wouldn't be an obstacle oh, anymore. Oh, it wouldn't be. <laughs> and you wouldn't be able to name it to someone next week. Yeah. <laughs> like, you'd be able to be like, huh? Yeah, that was a really big thing. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Because it just got dissolved. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. We could talk about this all day. We can. We, we, can. we often <laughs> we do. We have. We often do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I really, I think we really need to sort of just tie mm. it up. So if there was some great advice that you have been given in the past, what would you say that would be or what would you like to in, impart for others on their entrepreneurial journey? Yeah. One of my favorites is you can never learn less. And that is my salve to having, and I know I've said it a lot, but beginner's mindset. Yeah. Because you, that means ego is taken out of it. So Mm. no matter what opportunity or situation you walk into, and this goes back to what we were talking about with the job, you know, like finding new skills within the job that you have that you'll be able to use in your own business, you can never learn less. So whatever situation you go into, you can really find gold in it. And if that gold is that, so, for example, it's a conversation with someone. Um, if it's that I really don't believe that, then that's valid too. Mm. But I think it just applies to everything without it feeling like mindset stuff the whole time. It's a nice little one that I'll often just think of like you can never learn less. Right. And that applies to everything. Everything. From new skills, from taking risks, from taking action and figuring yeah. out what worked and what didn't work. From Like there's so can, many. Like, can, I throw, can I throw a caveat on that though? Yeah. Is that... When you find amazing sources of information that help you with your business, say no to everything else and immerse yourself in their knowledge because we have so much information available. True. If you find yourself signing up for 10 or 15 opt-ins to be able to, you're not opening any of them, that's busy work. Yeah. Find someone where you're like, frick, I vibe with how she talks, how that works, you know, stick with that person, honor the work and all the expertise Mm. that they have. And that's just going to cut out so much of the noise. And when we get down to clarity and being able to be consistent, when you're only taking in one or two sources of information to work on a particular part of your business, that's only going to set you up for success. Mm. If you're trying to work out the best formula, which is a perceived obstacle, Mm. I'm going to download these 15 and I'm going to find the perfect way that no one's even come up with. Yeah. You don't reinvent the wheel. No, we don't need to reinvent. Like, no, reinvent it once you have a wheel, but we're building the wheel. Yeah. (laughs) So we want it, you know, so I would say you can never learn less, but but you don't don't need to know everything. Don't get, do not get stuck in consumption. Find one or two for a particular topic and have them on your A team to be able to go to and move your business forward. Mm. Awesome. Love Mm. that. Absolutely. Well, I want to commend you for all the trials and tribulations that you've had along your journey and just thank you so much for all of your um, information and your curiosity and your tenacity. I think that's just incredible to see the way that you interact with the sisters, but also to what you take in the risks you take in your business and your life too. 
Mm, thank you. It's been so much fun to have a good chat. Oh, <laughs> I'm here anytime. So good, yes. Yeah, we do awesome. it often. I know the next one's not far away. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Oh, thank you so much. Thank for you so saying. much, Christine. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode, so please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week, and here's to taking your life to the next level.